DJ, PK, and Josh Newman, Utah beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, joining us. Josh, good morning. Good morning, boys. How are you? Good. We didn't spend the day at Disneyland, and we're good. You must be great. Oh, happiest place on earth. (laughs) Happiest place on earth. There was real news at Disneyland. How much did that surprise you? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. There was real news at Disneyland. It wasn't just cliches and happy talk. Uh, the news breaking that Ohio State was going to be missing four guys. That was uh, that was not every day you get news at Disneyland. No, no, that was it. Was, it was interesting. All right, as I'm sure you guys know, the Ohio State press corps is very, very large, like exponentially bigger than what Utah will have here. You saw one opt-out break. You know, as we're waiting for this parade to start. And the Ohio State beat guys go scattering, looking for space with their laptops, and everybody started working. And then Ryan Day kind of dropped that news that the rest of those guys were opting out. So for the Ohio State guys, that it turned into you know quite the afternoon. Utah have a reaction to it? No, no, it's business as usual. I mean, you know, Kyle's pretty even keeled. He'll prepare, you know, as he. As he sees fit, no matter who's on the field. Now, you know, in, in fairness, that was breaking as we were talking to Kyle, so we didn't get the full reaction. But look, we'll talk to Andy Ludwig this morning. We'll talk to Morgan Scally tomorrow. We'll get Kyle one more time on Friday. Not really expecting anything, you know, earth shattering to be said by anybody um, in terms of the personnel that they have to prepare for now. There have been. Uh... There have been Ute fans who have been bugged big time by the whole Alabama didn't want to be their thing with the Sugar Bowl back in the 08 season, 09 Sugar Bowl. Uh, do you expect much of that with Ohio State, or do you think the talent they're losing is going to be offset because the guys who want to play, hey, they haven't had a chance to play, they've been stuck behind these guys, and they're going to bring some extra energy that maybe Ohio State wouldn't have had? How do you see all that playing out? I wouldn't say that it would offset. I mean, look. Garrett Wilson is a projected first-round draft pick this spring. Uh, Chris Olave is the same, right, a projected first-round draft pick. You lose those two, you lose your best offensive lineman, your best defensive lineman. I don't think that the guys that are going to slide in to those spots are going to offset it, but we know how Ohio State recruits. The guys that are sliding in are going to be, you know, four-star, five-star guys, um, don't have the game experience that those guys had, but they're very, very talented. You know, in terms of the mindset – uh, how engaged, you know, Ohio State doesn't want to be here. Maybe some people feel that, amazingly, in this day and age of college athletics, that the Rose Bowl is sort of a consolation prize if you're Ohio State. Do I expect some of that? Yeah, yeah, I expect some of that. Um, at the same time, though, to your point, the guys that are here, the guys that want to be here, that will play, I would expect them to be engaged. And obviously, Ohio State, you know, Ohio State, I should say, um, will be no easy task, no matter who's on the field for them Saturday. Yeah, for sure. We saw that the Beef Bowl has gone the way of the COVID uh, uh, precautions, I guess. Anything else? No, here, I mean, you know, we're pretty much we're pretty much in person, right? Ohio State is going through their morning media availability right now with a coordinator and four players. We will get Andy Ludwig and four or five players in about 45 minutes. Um, look, they canceled the big in-person media day on Thursday, which was going to include, you know, a couple of dozen players from each side. They canceled the in-person event at a steakhouse in Beverly Hills because, you know, Omicron and COVID and masks and being indoors. So, you know, 
beggars can't be choosers, right? This is the only New Year's Six bowl game that is doing in-person media availability. If we have to sacrifice some of that availability to keep the bulk of it, so be it. I, I really have no complaints so far. People really just want the game to come off and not go the way of four games that have been canceled and two games have had their matchups altered. And you had some quotes. I think it was Britton Covey who said, if there's going to if there's gonna be a problem, it's not going to be with us. Uh, they seem pretty aware and focused from everything you've seen. I know you only get to see a little bit of it. You think they're taking all the precautions because people really want this game to happen. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think they've been very cautious, very safe. You know, not just now, but this week, honestly, for the balance of the last 18 months, I think the medical professionals, you know, chiefly Trevor Jameson, who is the head athletic trainer at Utah, I think they've done a good job um, of educating the student-athletes. Uh, you know, their testing protocol back last year was top-notch. Um, look, Utah's in a situation where, you know, 95 98% of the roster was, you know, fully double vaccinated. So if you had both shots, you were not subject to testing like you were last year. So, you know, guys have taken care of business. And especially now looking at this week, I think everybody, at least on the Utah side, everybody, you know, knows what's at stake here. They want to play in a Rose Bowl. They don't want any problems. They don't want any distractions. They don't want guys having to sit out because they weren't smart. So from a Utah perspective, everything I've seen, which as you said is limited, and everything I've heard is that guys are really doing their best to try and take care of business. No opt-outs for the Utes that we know of. Several guys have already made their intentions known to declare for the NFL draft. There's uh, other possibilities. What are you hearing as far as maybe more guys that the Rose Bowl is it and they will enter the NFL draft? You know, I think I think we were all at least mildly surprised uh, that Brand Keithy, you know, decided to opt in, come back next year. Uh, Dalton Kincaid doing the same the following day. That was a, a little less of a surprise. Um, in terms of guys that maybe uh, would you know would go to the NFL draft, only big one out there right now um, is Tavion Thomas. You know, he said a few weeks ago that he's going to make his decision or at least make his announcement uh, after the bowl game. He is actually scheduled to be part of this availability here coming up um, at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. So you know, we'll ask him again. But I think that's the I think that's the big one that's kind of that's kind of still lingering out there. And look, even if he did declare for the NFL draft, even if he walks in here and says that he's going to um, that he's going to the NFL next year, I would still expect him to play in the Rose Bowl. All the other non-seniors, you know, Devin Lloyd, Faisal, Mika Tafua, uh, Nick Ford, etc., they're all leaving, but they all finish what they started by um, um, by playing on Saturday. The only two teams that have uh, beaten Ohio State have run the ball and just piled up massive numbers. Do you expect the Utes to be able to do that? Uh, be able to do that? Well, that is a different matter uh, versus the intention. Uh, I think the intention is, yeah, Utah's going to try to run the ball. Um, Oregon ran it all over. As you alluded to, um, Michigan most recently ran for uh, you know 270 on Ohio State back in November, and look, this is, you know, this is what Utah's identity is, especially over the last, you know, seven, eight games, right? They ran, they ran all over Stanford for, you know, 440 yards, you know, 290 against UCLA, 250 plus against Arizona State, etc. And all of that is coming as the offensive line has been, you know, banged up here and there. You know, Knicks, minor stuff, you know, guys having to kick outside, other guys having to move in. It, it really hasn't mattered, right? I think Jim Harding, the offensive line coach has done a 
a tremendous job of, um, of pushing the right buttons and coaching these kids up. And again, this is what Utah does, right? You have Cam rising back there, and he is shown capable of, you know, of going down the field and making plays. But your identity at this point um, has been running the ball. So, yes, I expect Utah to at least try to establish the run against this Ohio State front. Utah's defense, I don't think, has really faced a top-notch quarterback all year. In a lot of games, there were guys that were the second team playing. And, you know, Anthony Brown, I never thought was any good, and I think he showed it in both times that they played the Utes. But you look at Stroud, and I think I make a strong case that he is the best quarterback that they will have faced this season. And I know that there's a couple of high-powered potential first-round draft picks at the receiver not playing but what do you think is going to happen as far as passing? Because Shroud is really good, and I don't really see Ohio State changing its game plan that much. No, no. I, I, I do agree with what you said, PK. I, I do think there really isn't much doubt that, that C.J. Stroud on paper will be the best quarterback Utah has faced. They really didn't, you know, they, they didn't get the best from Keaton Slovis. Um, Anthony Brown, as you said, was, you know, very unimpressive in, in two games, I didn't think Jaden Daniels from Arizona State blew away. Um, they missed Dorian Thompson-Robinson when UCLA came in. So you look at Stroud. I mean, look, Heisman finalist. He finished number four in the voting. Um, I think Sharif Shah you know, gave some good insight late last week when we asked him about Stroud. Just, he, you know, Stroud does not blow you away, but he's got a very capable arm. Short stuff, intermediate stuff, deep stuff. He can do a, he can do a lot of things. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, you know this um, this Utah secondary is banged up, right? You have Clark Phillips on the outside and Malone Mata on the nickel, but that other outside spot is you know we're going into this week here in Southern California. That's one of the real storylines here, right? Because you know, look, JT Brockton's been out since the BYU game back in September. Fabian Marks is injured. Samaya Vaughn is injured. There has been you know you know rumor mongering about a position change trying to fill that outside cornerback spot Sharif Shah tried to throw some cold water on that so we'll see you know if I'm excuse me if I'm Ohio State I'm at least trying to test that Utah secondary which as I said is is quite thin right now how much confidence do you have in the Utes on special teams? Because the thought that they could be running the ball and the defense could be holding its own and then something horrible could happen on a punt or kickoff return, that's, that's a nightmare scenario. How much confidence do you have in those groups? Um, I mean, in fairness, I would say very little, just based on what's gone on here. Um, the, uh, the Utah special teams has yielded, correct me if I'm wrong, they've yielded three 100-yard kickoff returns for touchdowns. They've had two punts blocked, both returned for touchdowns, and a third punt at Oregon State got blocked, but that was waved off because of penalty. So, oh, and that's not even, you know, getting into the situation with the kickers. You know, with Jaden Redding, you know, he lost his job. He won it back, so there's been a lot of question marks. Um, special teams has been an adventure for Utah, and Kyle Whittingham hasn't really been shy about how it's been a disappointment and you know he takes a large hand in special teams hasn't been up to snuff so yeah if there is a if there is a you know a, a, you know a key punt situation or a field goal like how much confidence do i have not much and i think that's rooted in in fact and 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 fairness quite frankly
What do you make of all this Whittingham retirement talk? I do not think that the Rose Bowl will be his last game. Uh, I also do not think that this Rose Bowl will be his last game. Um, I've talked to Mark Harlan on the record. Um, he said what he said. Um, you know, Kyle has balked at any notion that he's going to retire. Um, hearing, talking, I don't think this is Kyle Whittingham's last game. But I understand why that might be not an assumption per se, but I understand where that conjecture has come from. Okay, look, he's he is 62 years old. Um, you know, we don't know fully what the toll of the last year has been between the pandemic, two player deaths. You know, he's a grandfather of six. He has said, you know, a bunch of times that he is not, you know, a lifer, right? He's not going to be coaching into his 70s, into his late 70s. He's, he's not going to do that. So from that standpoint, I understand where that conjecture is coming from, why people are talking about it. I've been talking about it, admittedly, probably too much. Um, but no, I would agree with you. I don't think this is Kyle Whittingham's last game. This is also a guy who said he wouldn't be coaching when he was 60. This is also a guy who, you know, with the Utah and BYU job, he went back and forth that night. So I don't think it's his last game, but I don't want to crawl too far out on a limb. Everybody gets to change their mind, and he has changed his mind. So uh, I, no, don't, I don't feel like it's wise for anyone in the media to put too many stakes in the ground out there. I'm with both of you guys. I, I would think he's coming back. I think he's got a good team coming back. He looks to me, just looking, and, and PK knows because we talk about this when we see him on the Zoom press conferences last year, he looks to me like he has way more energy. There was a time last year I thought he was exhausted and he was really beaten down by a mul- multiple series of demands coming at him. And he looks more energized, so I would think he's back. But I also don't want to crawl will, too far out on that limb. No, and I will, I will add to that. I think... Again, we have limited availability. We don't see Kyle Whittingham face-to-face often. Personally, I thought he looked very worn, very tired after Aaron Lowe's death, which is understandable, right? You're dealing yeah. with a player death, you know, a second player death in nine months. He looked like he'd had enough. But, you know, they, got, you know, they worked through that. They're still working through that. They've gotten beyond it. You know, you're, you know you, you're going through the season. The team is good. The team is winning. Yes, he looked healthier. He looked more engaged. He looked happier. You know, his dry sense of humor uh, came out more in October and November once the team was winning. You know, they had started to work through their grief. So, yeah, I don't think anybody should be talking about it too much. But I I do think, um, and again, I've, I've written about it. Like, I do think it's something worth discussing. But there's there's no smoke. There's no indication from anybody that he's not coming back. So at this point, four days before the Rose Bowl, that's what I'm going with, that I think he's coming back. You're an East Coast guy. I don't know if you've been there, but if you have, can you compare Disneyland to Disney World? (laughs) Oh, my God. I haven't been to Disney World in – I'm 39 years old. I have not been to Disney World in probably 25 years. Uh, so you're asking the wrong guy. Um, I thought Disneyland, look, for the limited amount of time I was there, I didn't go around the entire park. I thought Disneyland, you know, was clean and well-maintained and people were very helpful. Um, that was, again, this is my first Rose Bowl, right? So let's go to everything. Let's hit all the media stuff. I don't know that in future Rose Bowls I need to be going to the Disneyland thing on Monday. It was more of a photo op, kind of just the pomp and circumstance that comes along with the Rose Bowl. But, again, first time, let's go to everything. 
cool experience. Got to talk to Kyle, again, who's limited, talk to some players, let's write some stuff. But I don't know that we need to be doing that end of this Rose Bowl week in the future. Yeah, but the thought of Ohio State riders like perched on a fire hydrant by a parade, <laughs> hammering out some story about four opt-outs, <laughs> that cracks me up. Uh, it, it was quite a spectacle. I mean, if you're in the media, as we all are, we know that news breaks on a dime, and you have to act. And I promise you, there was a group of like probably half a dozen Ohio State beat writers looking at their phones, and they literally like dispersed to different ends of the little area that we were in. They all whipped out their laptop. And good, good piece of beat writer journalism right there. I, I really appreciated that. Well, Josh, we appreciate a few minutes. We know you got to get off to today's media availability. We will let you go. Thanks for hopping on the air with us, and enjoy the rest of the week in the game. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Josh Newman, Utah beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Join us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. There's just something about breaking news at Disneyland that's hilarious. Seems to me that I used to take my, I went for like 16, 17 years in a row mm-hmm. when we would go down to uh, San Diego or uh, when the Utes would play basketball, somebody, Long Beach or whatever. And I, I literally went like 17 years in a row. And it seems, I can't remember, but it seems to me something did break. And my family went in the park and I was in the car in the parking lot for a couple hours. Ah, that would, that would not be good. I just picture yeah. these guys like, watching the video <laughs> yesterday, you know, the news breaks and the parade's going past Main Street. They're like, <laughs> some B-Rider's got to clamber up on that on that fire engine <laughs> and hammer out a story. Hilarious. <laughs> you're, on, you're on the boat going around the ride. I got to take another lap around. I'm not done writing yet. <laughs> now, that would be a fun story. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I cranked out the story while I was riding. It's a small world. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's time to bring in Rod Rex from LendRight Mortgage. They've got a $1,000 lowest rate guarantee. A guarantee, Rod. You're pretty confident. Yeah, our rates are often a quarter or more lower than other lenders. And because we're an independent mortgage broker who shops the country's premier mortgage lenders, we can absolutely find you the lowest combination of rate and fees for your exact scenario. And no other lender offers a $1,000 lowest rate guarantee simply because they all know they don't have the lowest rates and fees. So we tell everyone, hey, compare our rates and fees to to your bank, your credit union, or any other mortgage lender out there. And we guarantee our rates and fees will be lower than any of them, or we'll send you a $1,000 check. So with rates still in the ones on an eight to 15 year term, and then also we're still in the twos on a 16 to 30 year term, but these rates are certainly gonna be gone very soon. So time is of the essence, so act now, let us help you lock in that low refinance or purchase rate, and we'll do it with a $1,000 guarantee. So the rate's going up. Not everyone can do math in their head uh, with some of these numbers, and certainly not while they're driving. But depending on what kind of loan you're looking at, 50, 100, 200 grand on the line? Yeah, yeah. The 15-year term, uh, if you're looking for those shorter terms, 18 to 15 years, uh, we can still get you a rate in the ones. Uh, and then, yeah, on that 16 to 30 year terms, uh, those rates are still in the twos. So 
yeah, if you're looking on a $400,000 mortgage, if you compare a rate uh, just around even 3%, and you compare that to the interest you'll pay on a 4% rate, which rates are very likely to go to this year, if not higher, that's a difference of $80,000 in interest paid. So if you're looking to get cash out, refinance, or purchase, uh, you're going to save a lot of money by acting now while our rates are still so great. If people want to know more, how do they get a hold of you, especially to get questions about their individual situation? Yeah, we've got a great team that will take care of you. Uh, you can call us at 801-APPROVE or visit us at LendRightMortgage.com. 801 Approve. Call now at 801 Approve or online at lendrightmortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Thank you.